This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hey, y'all. We're still here. We're back. What's up? How you been? What you been doing? How you mama and them? How you mama and them? Oh, my God. It's been like a month. It's season four, for fuck's sake. I don't know what's going on. It's it's insane. It is. I can't believe that you weren't aware that it was season four. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, see, (laughs) what happened was... You made your folder with all of your topics. (laughs) I know, and it just, like... She was typing it out, and she was like... It just fell out of my head for a second. It It was like, yeah, bitch, we... Here we are. It doesn't feel like that long. No. But but it is. But here we are. And do you want to know what's still like insane? Do tell. We still have a list 10 miles long mm. of topics. I know. And we keep adding to it. So I don't think we're going to run out anytime soon. And plus, people keep committing crimes. <laughs> it just murders. keeps happening. It just keeps going. No content shortage here. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I think we're good. Yeah. God, that's sad. It's sad. But um, <laughs> job security? Yeah. yeah. That's a way to put a positive spin on that one. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in case your brains are failing you like mine is... Yeah, go to the socials. Oh yeah, we we still have those just in case mm-hmm. y'all have been keeping in touch with us on there. The Facebook and the Instagram. I did a I did a a real. Oh my god! I, I did not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've really got to monitor Amanda more closely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch your reel when we're done. I'll watch the reel. <laughs> it was, it's safe. It's fine. I'm sure it's great. It's all Mercury <laughs> freaking retrograde. Okay. It's in full swing right now. It started Thursday. What else is new? All the way till the 18th, I think. What else is new? We don't need that at the beginning of the year. Can we change when Mercury retrogrades? Can can we, can we do we have the power? I don't think we have control over that. Somebody please figure it out. <laughs> Cuz oh my god. If you know science, it comes at like the worst time. <laughs> If you can science, please <laughs> let us know. Oh okay, so yeah, after you go to our socials, um, uh, <laughs> join us in our um, hump day treat ritual because oh, yeah. it's uh, it's hump, hump day. day. <laughs> Giggling too much to death. I'm blushing over here. <laughs> Trying to remember everything that we're supposed to say. <laughs> This week's Hump Day Treat is brought to you by Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I stole this little drink from my oldest daughter. She made these for us on Christmas Eve, and they were really good, I think. I had a cold, and I couldn't taste them. So I was like, I'm going to make them again. They're really good today. 
yeah, they're called mistletoe margaritas. I do recommend. It was a super easy recipe. But the recipe I have, um, I quickly discovered, is for like a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Not, not for gl- like per glass at all. So we're aiming to finish the pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tequila. Lawful tequila. <laughs> all right. So it has cranberry juice, four cups of cranberry juice. There's my first indication right there. It's a lot of cranberry. Uh, a whole cup of tequila. A whole cup of triple sec, I think. It's got like a half a cup of lime juice. We um, we soak some cranberries in sugar. Don't eat them. Don't eat them. It, um, they did not absorb the sugar at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> um, maybe poke some holes in them. Next time. See if that works. Because it did not penetrate that outer. um, (laughs) (laughs) You said penetrate. (laughs) It did not. But the drink is really good. And then I I was gifted some tuxedo cake and also some New York style cheesecake. Yep, that's good too. And we're snacking on that as well. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Are you okay over there? Look, it's really good. I've eaten half a piece of cake. cake. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. delish. And it really, the chocolate really goes good with the cranberry. It really does. Yeah, it goes really well together. And the tuxedo cake isn't really that rich. It no. looks like it is, but it's kind of light and fluffy. And it's got... It's like mousse instead of icing. Is that, I think it might be dark chocolate on the top. Yeah. That's real good. That's, That's real, real good. good. It's got that real thick layer of icing on the top. You like it thick? I like it thick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Okay. We're all well, grown here. Oh, this week. It is seventy episode 72. Mm-hmm. Hate and crimes. It, it sucks. It, it sucks. sucks. But we're going to. Here we are. Try. Tackling the this shitty subject. why we're drinking. It's mm-hmm. why we drink. Yep. We are tackling the shitty topics just for you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So, trigger warning. <laughs> Mine is garbage. It is gross. Mm. And it's one that probably all of you know. Mm-hmm. It's the case of Matthew Shepard. So sweet baby. I know. But it's important. It's significant to a lot of things. It is. It's historically significant. Mm-hmm. Sadly. And last night, as I was almost done writing it, I almost changed it. I get that. It was so bad, friends. Yeah. I just boohoo cried. Look, she has a heart. I do. It's in there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't let everybody see it. No. Okay. But here we are. This is what I'm doing. (laughs) Bear with me. Trying to remember how to get back into this. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Let's just rip off the band-aid. All right. Here we go. The 1998 torture and murder of homosexual student Matthew Shepard was a turning point for the LGBT plus rights in the United States. In this entire, like everything I found at this point in time in 1998, it was just LGBT. Yeah. Was, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's grown. So I added the plus in this one, but throughout most of the episode or throughout most of the case, I'm going to be saying LGBT because that was what was correct for this time period. Gotcha. And that's how everything was referred. Okay. I'll allow it. 
<laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. His murderers were both given consecutive life sentences, although they weren't charged with a hate crime. Oh, shit. There were no federal or state laws at the time equipped to deal with violence solely because of a person's sexuality or gender identity. The federal government wouldn't move to address the kind of hatred that took Matthew's life for almost 20 years. <sighs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's all garbage. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. Born on December 1st, 1976 in Casper, Wyoming to Judy and Dennis Shepard, Matthew Wayne Shepard, the oldest of two boys, was sensitive, soft-spoken, and kind. I have a picture of baby Matthew if okay. you want to go to the notes. Yeah. Oh. Look how cute. Oh, my God. And you know what this reminds me of is those, like, Olin Mills or Sears, Sears. Portrait Studio yes. pictures. Oh, my God. And I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, that new <laughs> cheeks. I know. Cutie patootie. Mm-hmm. He went to public school in Casper until his junior year of high school when he moved with his family to Saudi Arabia, where his father worked in oil safety engineering. He completed high school at the American School in Switzerland, where he studied German, Italian, and theater and enjoyed music and fashion. Um, fabulous life over there. I'm saying. Jeez. But. Yeah. And here the garbage begins. Okay. During his senior year, Matthew took a vacation with three classmates to Morocco. During this trip, he was raped, beaten, and robbed by a gang of locals. Although the police attempted to find who committed the attack, the perpetrators were never caught. After the assault, Shepard sought therapeutic treatment, but had flashbacks, panic attacks, and nightmares, of course. Yeah. He continued to experience periods of paranoia, depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation for the remainder of his short life. Oh, my God. I cannot imagine how traumatic. No. I mean, all the factors. You're in a different country, on your own, without your parents. And it's not just one person. It's multiple people. Right. I can't, like, I can't even. The extreme trauma from just that. After mm. graduating high school, Matthew briefly attended a small liberal arts school, Catawba. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm saying that. Catawba College in Salisbury, North Carolina, in pursuit of a theater career. Although he knew he was gay from a young age, he came out to his mother only after high school. He then moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, before moving back home to attend community college at Casper College. At Casper, a teacher introduced him to Romaine Patterson, an outgoing lesbian who became one of his close friends. Yeah. The two moved to Denver, Colorado, and Shepard worked several part-time jobs but always knew his passion was helping people. In 1998, he moved to Laramie and enrolled at the University of Wyoming because he felt that living in a small town would help him feel safe. I know. Matthew studied political science and international relations and wanted to pursue a foreign service career. Don't do it. Don't do it. Move. Just move. Don't don't move there. Go yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> I'm trying to change. To, I'm trying to change history over you here. You can't speak that into existence, dear. <laughs> Known to be polite, thoughtful, and a great conversationalist, he quickly became active on campus and joined the university's LGBT Student Alliance. So I have a picture of Matthew. If you want to go to Matthew Shepard. Yes, little cutie. That looks like a model picture to me. I know. I mean, my goodness. I know. He's He's so handsome. He's got the, yeah, all the the blessings Mm -hmm. right there in that one. So, here we go. 
On Tuesday, October 6th, 1998, Matthew Shepard walked alone into a dive bar in Laramie, Wyoming. He had just come from a meeting of his college LGBT association where the group was planning awareness activities. He wasn't able to persuade them to join him for a beer afterwards. Mm. At the Fireside Lounge, Shepard sat at the bar drinking from a bottle of imported beer. After more than an hour, he was approached by two men his own age, which was 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson, high school dropouts with roofing jobs. The pair saw an easy mark in the five foot two, slightly built student. Assholes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Albany County Sheriff Dave O'Malley, who was lead investigator in the case, says, quote, McKinney's own statement said he and Russell went into the bathroom at the fireside bar and they planned to act like they were gay to try to gain Matthew's confidence. And so the sexual orientation issue started right at the beginning of that contact, end quote. Yeah. The killers would tell police they planned to lure Shepard into McKinney's pickup truck so they could rob him. Once in the vehicle, McKinney pulled a gun, beat Shepard, and seized his wallet, which contained $20. Yep. Yep. <sighs> then they drove about a mile out of town down a dirt path that ended in a rocky prairie. Henderson used a clothesline to tie Shepard to a log fence. McKinney began to ferociously pistol whip the captive. Sheriff O'Malley says the student was... Quote, struck in the head and face between 19 and 21 times with the butt of a very large Smith & Wesson revolver. The only time I've ever seen those dramatic of injuries were in high-speed traffic crashes, you know, where there was just extremely violent compression fractures to the skull. End quote. Yeah. McKinney and Henderson stole their victim's patent leather shoes and left him to die. He would remain tied to the fence for 18 hours in the frigid cold. I have a picture of... The actual fence. Okay. And there's a little basket of flowers on there. Yep. But that that's the kind of fence he was tied to. Mm-hmm. There ain't no getting away from that. It's out in the middle of freaking nowhere. Mm-hmm. The two men then returned to Laramie at around 1230 a.m. Only a few minutes later, McKinney and Henderson became involved in an altercation after two young men, whom police suspected of vandalism, confronted them. After their argument became a street fight, police responding to a vandalism call spotted fleeing individuals, one of whom was Henderson, and discovered Matthew's ID and credit card and the blood-covered pistol in the truck. Yep. Both McKinney and Henderson were treated separately at Evanson Memorial Hospital over the next few hours for head injuries that they had gotten during that scuffle with the vandals. (laughs) During the coming day, McKinney and Henderson would meet with their girlfriends, Kristen Price and Chastity Pasley, who would later be convicted for their roles that day in disposing of evidence and concocting alibis for the men in Matthew's case. Yep. So I have a picture of the two men. I don't know who's who, and I don't care to know who's who, but here they are. Okay. You know what? I don't know who's who either, but I'm right there with you. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I strongly dislike them mm-hmm. with an intense passion. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like it, but that's them. The following right. evening, Aaron Kreifels, Kreifels, I think, yeah, I think that's it, um, was mountain biking and fell off his bike and noticed nearby what he thought was a fallen scarecrow or Halloween costume. Yeah. 
Can you imagine? Uh, no. Oh, my God. He realized it was a person and contacted police. He actually ran to the closest farmhouse. Yeah. And asked to use their phone. Because this was before everybody had a cell phone time. Oh, God. Yeah. It was in 1998. Yeah. Like Ancient times. I know. I cannot imagine going without a cell phone now. All right. Anyway. I don't go from room to room without it. I don't, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Policewoman Reggie Flutie responded to the scene. The retired patrol officer recalls, quote, Matt was on his back with his arms behind him. His respirations were far and few between. And I thought he was way younger than what he was just because his stature was so small. End quote. Yeah. Flutie attempted to open Matthew's mouth to clear his airway, but it was clamped shut. She remembers trying to revive him, saying, quote, Baby boy, I'm here, kiddo. You're going to be okay. Hang in there. Don't give up. Come on. You can do this. End oh quote. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. As, as well as a crushed brainstem, Matthew suffered four skull fractures from the blows of McKinney's gun. Pause. Okay. Ugh. What she was saying to him, I almost cut out because that made me cry last night. Mm -hmm. But I felt like, you know, it showed her compassion and how much she wanted to help him. Very much. Okay. His parents rushed to the Colorado hospital Matthew was transported to from Saudi Arabia. So they were, were still there. Oh, my God. I have a picture of his parents if you want to go look. Yes. Judy and Dennis. Mm-hmm. Sweet mom and daddy. Mm-hmm. God, so sad. Yeah. And all accounts I could I could tell they were great parents to Matthew before and after. Yes. Yes. So I've heard nothing but great things about them. Yes. We love Judy and Dennis. Yes, very much. Their son never regained consciousness. He died five days after the attack. Okay, this paragraph is rough. Okay. Friends. It was the dental brace. That's how Judy and Dennis Shepard knew it was their son in the hospital bed. Here's a quote from his mom. Huh. Quote, bandages and stitches all over his face and bandages around his head where the final blow had crushed his brainstem. His fingers and toes were curled in a comatose position already. Tubes everywhere enabling his body to stay alive. One of his eyes was partially open so you could see his blue eyes and the tubes in his mouth. You could see his braces, so of course it's Matt. His face was swollen, actually kind of unrecognizable till you got closer, end quote. That's how bad it was that his own mother had trouble identifying him. That's not okay. Mm -mm. Fuck you, Brittany. I'm sorry, I warned you. <laughs> the manner of his killing activated explosive national outrage. Yeah. Two days after Matthew Shepard passed away, tearful politicians and celebrities gathered on the steps of the U.S. Capitol to address a vigil of thousands. President Bill Clinton condemned the attackers as, quote, full of hatred or full of fear or both, end yeah. quote. Yeah. Candlelit vigils were held across the nation. I have a picture of one such vigil. Yeah. I'm not sure where it was. It didn't say. But, uh. Well, there were, I mean, there were so many. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. This is, this is one of them. Yeah. Yep, I love that so many people rallied. Yeah. That, that. 
You ready for the anger part of this? I I can't even talk. Yeah, just... You ready for the anger? Here we go. Okay. McKinney's trial lawyer, Dion Custis, total garbage, by the way. Yeah. Maintains it was a robbery gone bad, even while he accepts sexual orientation was a factor. So you're going to admit it was blah, 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 blah. Fuck you, Dion. They accidentally tied him to the fence and left him there. After they had already robbed him for $20. Fuck off. Here's a quote from him. Okay. Quote. They basically were just kind of two lost kids that were using meth daily, at least weekly, for a long period of time. People who use meth, chronic meth users, they lose the ability to rationalize and have all kinds of problems mentally. End quote. Yeah, but they're not all murderers. Exactly. Sometimes they just fix their roofs at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> like a former neighbor of mine. <laughs> And we don't know for sure, but why else would you, at 2 o'clock in the morning, be sitting on your roof hammering? I mean, I'm going to guess that there is some type of methamphetamine. There was other questionable activity over there that I'm not going to get into, but that was um, the icing on the cake for us. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Wow. Entertainment. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. McKinney's own gay bashing damns him in the eyes of many. During a police confession, he said he began to attack Shepard because the student had put his hand on his leg during the car ride. McKinney said he replied, quote, guess what? We're not gay and we're going to jack you up, end quote. That's why he put his hand on your leg, you freaking douchebag, because you were pretending to be gay. If you weren't Mm -hmm. pretending to be gay, he wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah. If it even happened. If it even happened. But, here we go, in another statement to police, he said Matthew simply looked like he was about to grope him. The judge dismissed this gay panic claim. And the judge was like, you're full of shit, you can't, you can't claim gay panic. Thank God the judge had a brain. Right. Sheriff O'Malley rejects any attempt to downplay the anti-gay element in the murder. We, quote, we have never discounted ever that the initial motivation was robbery, he says. Hmm. The robbery motive stopped really early in that contact. Hmm. In my opinion, it was a hate crime, end quote. I agree with you, Sheriff. Yeah, I totally agree with that one. Both killers are serving two consecutive life terms for kidnapping and murder. Yeah. Double flip off. Fuck you guys. So I'm not getting into the whole... I'm not doing the whole trial thing, but... It was a lot. Yeah. I'm just going to give you some tidbits here. Okay. The court proceedings are also remembered for a counter-protest that is commemorated by a mural in Laramie just a few blocks from where it happened. So, if you want to go to the notes... Yes. And look up the picture that says mural. There Mm. it is. Oh, God, yes. And here's why. Here's why that mural. Okay. When Westboro Baptist Church arrived, as Henderson pleaded guilty in April 1999, Matthew's friends were not prepared to let them steal the attention. I'm assuming everybody listening to this podcast knows who Westboro Baptist Church is. Hmm. Quote, we had this idea for a big ass angel wings that would block (laughs) out the signs, says Jim Osborne, who was chair of University of Wyoming's LGBT Association at the time of Matthew's death. Yeah. Wearing outfits made of white sheets, duct tape, and PVC piping, they stood in front of Reverend Phelps and his congregants. 
So if you want to go to the notes, yep. you'll, it says protest. Um, there's all his friends blocking out Westboro Baptist Church. I love it. Yeah, it was fabulous. <laughs> Good job. Good job, friends. Osborne recalls the minister and his flock saying, quote, you're a disgrace. We can smell the whiff of brimstone about you, end quote. Another counter-protester, uh, Nicole Bondurant, says she could literally feel Reverend Phelps' breath on the back of her neck. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. Dubbed the angel action, it was replicated in Orlando, Florida, when Westboro Baptist Church tried to disrupt the funerals of gay people killed in a mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub. Yep. Uh-huh. One day I might need to do a whole shebang about the garbage that is Westboro Baptist Church. It it could probably be um, two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. McKinney and Henderson both remain in prison. Yeah. They have both taken drastically different paths since they were sentenced. McKinney was last serving his time in a Mississippi prison and refusing interview requests. However, he did speak with actor Greg Periotti. Oh, yeah. In 2009 for a revival of The Laramie Project, a play centering around the fallout from Matthew's murder. Guys. I have not watched it. Oh, my God. I guess I should? Yeah. Okay. In a recorded 10-hour interview, which was adapted into a new act of the play, McKinney revealed that people should have little doubt Matthew's murder was a hate crime and that he feels no remorse. Mm. Quote, the night I did it, I did have hatred for homosexuals, end quote. He also admitted that when he and Henderson zeroed in on Matthew that night at the Fireside Lounge, they did so because, quote, he was obviously gay, end quote. That played a part, his weakness, his frailty. So that's what McKinney told Periotti. Well, at least he's admitted it. (sighs) I guess. Mm. In 2018, Albany County Sheriff David O'Malley, who investigated the murder, shared a letter written to Henderson by McKinney while the two were both awaiting trial. In the letter, McKinney tells Henderson that at trial, he wants his friend to blame everything on him, even saying that Henderson asked him to stop beating Matthew and that he was drunk and pointing a cannon at his friend. He also makes clear the homophobic elements of the brutal murder, although he claims not to have known Shepard was gay when he and Henderson first approached him. Okay. So, like, he's told so many versions of the yeah, story. Yeah, that's why I'm going K. Yeah. Stephen Belber, one of the playwrights of the Laramie Project, interviewed Henderson for the same production in 2009 and said the experience was different from Periodi's. Henderson has taken a victim empathy course and even written a letter of apology to Judy Shepard. Henderson believes that the United States should revamp its federal hate crime laws to protect everyone, even nearly a decade after the passage of the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act. Yeah. So long. (laughs) Judy and Dennis were at the White House with then-President Barack Obama um, to see the act signed. James Byrd Jr. was an African-American man murdered in Texas in June 1998 by three white supremacists who dragged him behind a pickup truck. Yep. So both of those happened super close together. Um, yep. Both hate crimes. Mm-hmm. At a medium security facility in Torrington, Wyoming, Henderson was working with hospice patients who were also serving jail time and volunteering training shelter dogs. Henderson reiterated that he was deeply sorry for Matthew's murder 
Quote, I think about Matthew every single day of my life. I think about him and every single one of those days that I've had that he hasn't had, his family hasn't had, his friends haven't had. I'm so, so ashamed I was ever part of this. Good. I hope his face does haunt you every single day. Same. The one thing I appreciate is the fact that he was able to reflect and does have some remorse. I do. I do appreciate that. I, I, but, I do. But um, rotten jail. You but it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I still have no compassion. Um, still fuck you. But a collection of Matthew's personal effects donated by his family went on display at the Smithsonian Institution's National Museum of American History in the U.S. Capitol. His schoolwork, theater scripts, photos, and sandals are among the items. His remains were interred at the Washington National Cathedral, a spiritual home of the nation. Matthew now rests in a crypt alongside former President Woodrow Wilson, Helen Keller, and George Dewey, the 19th century naval officer for whom the rank of Admiral of the Navy was created. Love it. One part that I cut out, but now I want to say. Okay. Is his mom, Judy, was afraid for a long time to let them inter his ashes. She wanted them in her home for safekeeping. Yeah. Because she was so terrified that there was going to be... Some sort of vandalism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's so sad that that was, like, a fear of hers. But they put him in a highly secured place. Yeah, so. but I can I can relate, but... Yeah, if he wasn't placed anywhere other than something like that, then yeah. yes, I would be yeah. highly worried about that. At the Denver City Center offices of the LGBT Rights Foundation, named after her son, mm-hmm. Judy Shepard fought back tears. She predicted... These ceremonies would probably be more emotional for her than the funeral because she felt so numb immediately after her son's death. I imagine. The original service in the family's hometown of Casper, Wyoming on October 16th, 1998 was picketed by an anti-gay preacher from Kansas. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. Reverend Fred Phelps of Westboro Baptist Church and his flock, which included children. Yeah held signs with homophobic slurs, and shouted to mourners that the dead student was burning in hell. Fuck off. So, I have a picture. Okay. That we may or may not share. All right. Of oh. a couple of the signs. I'm not going to read them. No, but I'm, you know what? No, we're going to share these because fuck him. Okay. I'll blur out the word. Blew out that one word. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. But no. But we're gonna shove his face. Yeah, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. Dennis Shepard remembers law enforcement making him wear a bulletproof vest to step outside the Episcopal Church, which was uh, scoured by bomb-sniffing dogs ahead of time. SWAT teams were positioned at the front and back of the building, and police snipers on surrounding rooftops. Can you imagine? Fucking ridiculous. These people just lost their son, and this is what they're having to mm-hmm. go through. You're trying. No wonder she You're was trying numb. to pay your respects. And they're having to wear bulletproof vests. Yeah. I can't I can't even imagine. Grow up, people. Evolve. Oy. Ugh. Judy recalls that as a boy, Matt always asked her, quote, Do you think I'll be famous someday? I guess he got there, she adds. That one kills me every freaking time. Uh-huh. The couple remember how they shrugged it off when he came out as a teenager since they had already guessed. At the time of his death, Judy says he was just putting his life back together after the assault in Morocco. Yep. Judy says, quote, 
We just felt like he was finally coming around to being himself again. And um, then this happened, end quote. His family have mixed feelings about his secular sainthood. They believe he would be uncomfortable with his consecration as some sort of perfect icon. <sighs> the end. The end. The end. Thanks for the end. Yeah. Oh. Now I'm numb. People suck. The yeah. world is awful. A lot of them. A lot of the people suck. Uh, stop being so judgmental, everybody. Like, just stop. You do you. Worry you about do you. You do you. Worry about yourself. Like that little girl in that meme when her dad's trying to help her with the seatbelt. Mm, and she's like, worry no, about yourself. you worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. You drive. You worry about mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Worry about your fucking self. Exactly. Stay in your lane. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Nothing they, really matters. <laughs> let people do their thing. Anyone can see. <laughs> I can't sing right now. It's going to turn out awful. <laughs> oh, that wasn't good. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> it was way better than I could come up with. I'm not even going to try. But it's in my head. I'm singing it with you. Okay, thanks. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us something different. Okay, I do have something different um, in the aspect of hate crimes. Okay. I'm somebody that faked one. And I've never, ever, ever, ever heard this, and I'm, I'm eager. Well, you might get angry again, but it'll be a different type of anger. I'm here for the angry. And maybe a little bit of comedy. I'm here for that as I well. I can try. Okay. I've been drinking a little bit. All right. I was reading and crying. Yeah. All right. You ready for this (laughs) little ray of sunshine? Yep. We're going to talk about Jussie Smollett. That's a name if I ever heard one. Not Jesse. Jussie. With a A U. A name if I ever heard one. Yes, ma'am. A popular actor steps out onto the street and is brutally reminded that despite his fame and wealth, places still exist where the color of his skin and sexual orientation put him in danger. That was the story that ricocheted around the world after Jesse Smollett, a black and openly gay actor, reported to Chicago police that he was the victim of a hate crime. Bum, bum, bum. Jesse was born June 21st, 1982, and he's an American actor and singer. He began his career as a child actor in 1991, debuting in The Mighty Ducks. Remember that movie? Yes! I have a photo of little Jesse in the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> it says quack, ducks. Quack, 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 quack. The flying bee! <laughs> it's the flying bee! I'm here for the shit! Okay, that's Jesse. That's Jesse. Yeah, when I, I was like, oh shit, I do remember okay. him. All right. Okay. In 2015, he portrayed musician Jamal Lyon in the Fox drama series Empire. May have heard of it. I never watched a single episode, but I remember it. Yeah. Um, He played a role that was hailed as groundbreaking for its positive depiction of a black gay man on television. Okay. I have a picture of Jesse now as an adult. I mean, he's kind of (laughs) cute. Jesse? Yeah. Yeah, that looks like a model picture, too. I know. But we already know you're garbage, so. Yeah, I know. Fuck you, bruh. 
Reaction to his reported assault underscored in the increasingly polarized political landscape. (laughs) Democratic politicians and others called it a shocking example of Trump-era bigotry and hate, while Republicans accused liberals of rushing to paint the president's supporters as racist. It caused a whole bunch of bullshit. So why all this outrage? Well, on the morning of January 29th, 2019, Multiple news outlets reported that Jesse had been hospitalized after an attack at 2 a.m. Initial reports say that he had been on his way to a Chicago subway when he was attacked by two white men outside of the restaurant. The men, who wore ski masks, were said to have shouted, This is MAGA country! Make America great again. Mm -hmm. While beating him, putting a noose around his neck, and ultimately fracturing one of his ribs. Although a spokesperson from the Chicago Police Department said there is no report of that being said. From there, the Chicago Police Department launched an investigation into the reported attack, looking into it as a possible hate crime. Sounds traumatic and awful, right? It's a little sus. A little bit. Just weeks later came the stunning announcement that Jesse was charged with staging the attack to further his career and secure a higher salary. Sir. On February 13th, 2019, Chicago police raided the home of the Osendero brothers and found records indicating that they had been paid $3,500 by Jesse. Um, they had purchased a rope found around his neck at a hardware store in Ravenswood over the weekend of January 25th. And they were also seen in security camera footage in the clothing store where they bought gloves, ski masks, and a red hat the police say was used in the attack. Okay. This made the spotlight on Jesse's shine even brighter. But this time he was vilified as someone willing to use one of the most potent symbols of racism in the U.S. to further his career. The most vile and despicable part of it, if it's true, is the noose. Judge John Fitzgerald Lake Jr., who is black, said during Smollett's first court appearance, that symbol conjures up such evil in this country's history. Agreed. 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 He also became a national punchline. He was the subject of a Saturday Night Live skit and a host of black celebrities from NBA analyst Charles Barkley to comedian Dave Chappelle Took turns at poking fun at him. Of course, because you did that to yourself. He he also had a lot of support from hey. fellow actors and celebrities and politicians and stuff. Um, and from his family, of course. They yeah. all denied it, you know. But in the two years since Jesse told Chicago police that he was the victim of a homophobic and racic, racist attack, there has been one shocking development after another. Investigators searched for the perpetrators of what was initially described as a possible hate crime before ultimately accusing the actor of staging his own assault. The Empire Star, he did report that he was attacked in the early hours of January 29th. Okay? Mm -hmm. But the story doesn't just come with an attack. Less than a week before he was attacked, a letter arrived at the office of where Fox's Empire is filmed. That's better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was addressed to Jesse and not only contained racist and homophobic language, but it's said to have contained white powder, later determined as Tylenol. Good, sir. (laughs) I have a photo of the letter. Okay. (laughs) He made it. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) gosh. 
You like the little stick figures with the gun pointed at the head. Like, what the fuck, dude? And the handwriting, sir. Mm-hmm. Sir. Mm-hmm. I, I like how he did like a backwards L, like a regular L, and then, and a, then backwards a backwards L. L. What is happening? <laughs> like, what the fuck? And just... You tried a little bit too hard. MAGA <laughs> written in the upper left. Sir. Sir. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> Days later, he spoke out for the first time since the incident, stating that he was working with authorities and has been 100% factual and consistent on every level. He also returned to work, performing a concert in West Hollywood before returning to the set of his Fox musical drama, calling himself the gay Tupac. Oh! <laughs> my fuck! I can't with this guy. How did I not know about this? Now you do. Under a rock. <laughs> I live under a rock. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. So he appeared on Good Morning America in February of 2019 for his first interview about the alleged attack. He became emotional at one point, saying that he was forever changed and felt pissed off by both the incident itself and the skepticism swirling on social media. Okay, so not only <laughs> not only am I aggravated at his drama queen antics. Yes. I'm pissed off because card. This, this shit actually happens to people. Yes, it does. And he's faking it. You're trivializing what is happening to other people here. That's one reason, or the main reason why I decided to pick this case. Because you did such a bad one. Like, the worst possible imaginable hate crime. And then for this guy to go and fake something like that. Like, how freaking disrespectful. And Oh, my God. To every hate crime that has ever been committed. Garbage. This dude's that is, garbage. I mean, that's a slap in the face to every single victim and their families. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's continue. Okay. Okay. So a major development in the case came that same month when police did arrest the two possible suspects, but they were soon released without charges. Multiple reports later surfaced accusing the actor of staging the attack with the help of, all right, D- look, <laughs> Abimol- uh, Abimbola, mm-hmm. we're going to call him Bola, um, and Alabinjo, Ala, mm-hmm. which he repeatedly and vehemently de- denied. Okay, so he planned the hate crime with these two Nigerian brothers. They worked with him as extras on the television set of Empire. Okay. That's how he knew them. Okay. I got a photo of these two brothers. Um, they are far from... Far from white. Far from white. Thank you. And in great shape. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Sirs. Hi. (laughs) How did you get how? how? How, how, For $3,500. I just... Mm -hmm. I know. I know. I know. The brothers did later testify that Jesse staged the attack near a surveillance camera... So that, you know, it could be videoed and publicized. Of course, of course. He told police that but he But how was, you gonna pass them off as white? They ain't white. They were wearing ski masks. <laughs> you, the, 
There's owls. I know. I know. I know. Oh my God. I know. Okay. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. And that's why all of this is so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Here's a little bit more detail. Okay. Okay. So he told the police that he was attacked by two men who were yelling out racial and homophobic. Homophobic. I'm so (laughs) fucking mad about this. I can't even talk. Who were yelling out racial and homophobic slurs and who poured an unknown chemical substance on him. It was bleach. Um, He described one of the assailants as white. They were both black. They allegedly began to beat him about the face using their hands, feet, and teeth as weapons in the assault. According to a statement released by Chicago police, the two suspects then poured an unknown chemical substance on the victim, and then they wrapped a rope around his neck. Jesse said that he fought them off. There were surveillance cameras at the location, and he assumed that he captured the incident, but it turned out they were facing in the wrong direction. (laughs) Uh-huh. A witness who was near the scene of Smollett's alleged incident at the time said she heard nothing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, I do have, um, there is a little bit of footage. There's a picture of them walking down the street. Okay. Okay. They look white to me. <laughs> Come on. There, <laughs> judging by this, there's no way for you to know. No. You can't see the race. Okay. So then there's also a photo of the crime scene. I I think I have that later on, but we're just going to go ahead and look at it. Okay. I don't know where all that came from. No. I don't know if they poured fake blood down there or what. Oi. Because it's. Anyways, let's just keep going. According to Gloria Rodriguez, the lawyer for the assailants, he first drove them to the spot where the attack was supposed to occur for a dress rehearsal. <laughs> Dude, and I told cannot. Them, he told them, look, there's a camera, there's a camera, and here's where you're going to run away. Oh, they, my He lets explain that his plan was to post the footage on social media and that he became very upset when police told him there were no cameras that had recorded the attack. Like, he was highly upset about this. Oh, my gosh. He was treated at Northwestern Memorial Hospital, not seriously injured. He was released in good condition later that morning. I have a photo of the wounds. Okay. Where? They they, they look absolutely brutal, don't they? Where? That dot? (laughs) That dot on the side of his face? Is that the wound? (laughs) There's two photos. He's got a wound on each side of his face. Oh, my goodness. Poor, poor thing. Sir. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. If you were brutally beaten, it's not what your face would look like. No, it just makes me think He's of, got, like, a tiny cut. Yeah. Like, you think of how they described Matthew. Mm-hmm. Is that he looked like he was in a horrific car accident. Yeah. Compared to this asshole. He looks like he cut himself shaven. <laughs> Did you slip and fall on your, like, oh oils God. that you put in the bathtub? Oh, my God. Is that what happened? Hey, that's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real thing. You can know, seriously like, injure just, yourself. Yes, you can. It is dangerous, but I just... 
I'm picturing that's how he got wounded instead of this. Especially just, when you have a giant 100-year-old <laughs> bathtub. Oh, yeah. You can almost die sometimes. That is true. Plus Life the or death when you take a bath. <laughs> I mean, plus you can fill the water up really high, so. Yeah. It's a thing. It's... it's <laughs> <laughs> Me with my first the world problems over here. On that one, <laughs> my first world problems <laughs> with your big ass bathtub. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you, you <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> I can't fill the water up past my boobs in my bathtub. Okay. <laughs> oh shit! All right, moving right along. Okay, let's let's continue. In February of 2019, he was charged with felony disorderly conduct for making a false police report. The next morning, he was arrested. Good job. And subsequently charged with 16 felony counts. All right. In another shocking reversal, his attorneys announced in March 2019 that Cook County prosecutors dropped all the charges against him and his record has been wiped clean. But why? (sighs) I'm... Don't I don't know. Money. I, I actually did look into. I mean, d- money, 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 money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, that's money. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> However, after reviewing all of the facts and circumstances of the case, including Mr. Smollett's volunteer service in the community and agreement to forfeit his bond to the city of Chicago. We believe this outcome is a just disposition and appropriate resolution to the case. Y'all can't see this, but there was jack-off hands while I was That's reading why I was that. laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. However, near, nearly at, um, a year later, in February 2020, a special prosecutor, Dan Webb, indicted Smollett again, renewing the divisive case. Yes. Okay. We love Dan. The, in, stick? the indictment against Smollett stated that um, he knew at the time that there was no crime when he reported to the police that he had been assaulted. Mm-hmm. In December 2021, he took the stand where he explained that the attack was no hoax. Sir. Oh, he still claims that it's that he's totally innocent. Oh, my God. My character was a superstar, a pop star, a beloved GQ, whatever, he told the jury. According to the Tribune, it was very important that I looked like Black Cary Grant, not beat down. Sir, a tiny bit of makeup and nobody would have known the difference. Mm. Get over yourself. God. He was found guilty on five felony counts of disorderly conduct in December 2021. I have a list of the convictions. Okay. There were six, but he was only convicted of five. But, you know. So he told the police officer he was in a hate crime, guilty, mm-hmm. telling the officer that he was a battery victim, guilty, telling detectives that he was a hate crime victim, guilty, telling detectives that he was a battery victim, guilty, telling detective again he was a battery victim, guilty, telling second detective he was an aggravated ba- battery victim, not guilty. <laughs> like, uh, maybe because they added the aggravated to it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Dude. It's a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And here's what he was sentenced to. A total of 30 months, 150 days in jail. Okay? Mm-hmm. A felony probation in which he will be allowed to travel. He must also pay a fine of $25,000 and more than $120,000 in restitution to the city of Chicago. Uh, they slapped enough. him on the fucking wrist. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there really was not any justice done in this. And no. um, I don't feel that the severity of this crime was punished. No, and for better or I, worse, he just got all the publicity from it. Right. He still got the publicity. and Oh, and now he's been to, like, he's been in the clinker, so he's a badass now. Mm. And. Isn't that how it goes, Amanda? Yeah, now now he's if you hard. step a, if you step hey, a you toe in a jail cell, you're you're badass now. Isn't that how that works? <laughs> and so this you is the what? last episode of Honest <laughs> Brittany is no longer with us. I'm so sorry. It's just going to be me from here on out. Um, that's a ghost you hear laughing in the background because that bitch is dead. <laughs> God, that took a dark turn. It was four hours, okay? You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know what I witnessed. It was so harsh. <laughs> My daddy couldn't get there for four hours. <laughs> I'm still Facebook friends with one of the girls I was in there with. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> of course, you would go to jail and make Facebook friends. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. There's my case. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I think we're both done. Oh my god. Um I'm really glad we're back doing this though. I miss yeah. you. We remembered how to do things. I think so. Oh I Spooky story. We're gonna do a spooky story today. Mm-hmm. But next week, instead of a spooky story... We're going to try a new kink with you. We're going to do something new. Yeah. So be prepared. Mm-hmm. You'll like it. The safe word is... <laughs> Pineapple. Pineapple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that rolled out, like, way too easy. <laughs> I also have, I forgot to tell you this earlier, but I have a couple of topics that were given to me that can be like short little listener suggestions Ooh, for yeah. the end. So maybe I'll do one of them next week with the introduction of our new thing. Okay. And we'll do a couple of them later. We'll sprinkle them in. I like it. Okay. But today we have a spooky story. Do it. Do it. Because we're spooky little bitches. Okay. Yes. That will never stop. Mm-mm. Can't stop. Won't stop. <laughs> Okay. What you got? Oh, Canada. Oh, shit. Okay. Revenants of the Rockies, Banff, Canada. I think Banff is how you say that. It's B-A-N-F-F. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Ah. (laughs) That's how my kid's going to know how to spell bananas before kindergarten. (laughs) Because uh, I'll say, Ashton, you're driving me bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. And right now he says N-A-N-A-N-A-S. But we're getting there. (laughs) All right. Well. All right. What you got? First opened in 1888 as a luxury railroad hub, the Banff Springs Hotel, a.k.a. the Castle in the Rockies. Okay, I'm here for that. It does look like a castle. I like castles. Is one of North America's great mountain getaways with sweeping views of the Bow Valley in the heart of Banff National Park. Well, I want to go. Though the lavish resort has 764 guest rooms, one is notoriously missing. Bum, Wait. Bum, bum. What? What? A room is missing? Yeah. 
Okay. There is no room 873 on the eighth floor, even though rooms end in the number 73 elsewhere in the hotel. Legend has it that a husband murdered his wife and daughter in room 873, and the girl's fingerprints simply could not be washed off the mirror. This, along with the disembodied screaming and bloody handprints on the walls, caused the hotel to close off the space. The baseboard is cut where the door to room 873 would have been, according to EnjoyBanff.com, and knocking on the wall produces a hollow sound. Holy shit! Guests have reportedly seen the doomed family spirits roaming the halls along with a headless bagpiper and a bartender <laughs> who tells guests they've had too much to drink. <coughs> He's looking out for you. Okay. Another well-known ghost is the burned bride who died when her wedding dress caught fire and who dances in her wedding dress in the Rob Roy dining room and the Cascade Ballroom. I'm here for this. I want to go here. Can we please? Yeah. I want to stay in room 872 or 874. Yeah. I'm here Knock for on it. the walls. Yeah. See if we get an answer. Yeah. Bring your Ouija board. I'm kind of scared, but I'll do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's go to Canada. Okay. The hotel's friendliest otherworldly occupant is Sam McCauley, a Scottish bellman who died in 1975 and who is said to still operate the elevators. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. But a hotel security guard casts a little professional doubt on that legend. The guy works here for decades, and what does he do after he dies? He said to Canadian Living Magazine, he comes back and works the elevators? No, I don't believe that. I mean, same. But what if he's trapped? Probably. Or that's all he remembers. So. What if he didn't have much in his life outside of work? You never know. Oh, that's sad. But that's true of some what people. What if he was just a lonely billman? I know. That's true of some people. Maybe he loved his job and that's really all he had. I'm going to take it as that, that he really loved it and he wants to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So we love you, Sam. I love you, Sam McCauley. We'll come visit you. Yeah. You want to see a picture? Yes. Oh, my God. We're going there. Oh, my God. That is beautiful. It's a castle if i ever seen one. Is that a drop-off? Probably. Like, is it, like, on the side of the freaking mountain? Bitch. Well, we're not going to sleep right there. Yeah, we are. With the threat of falling off the mountain, no thank you, please. I want to stay on the eighth floor. <laughs> mm -hmm. I bet those rooms are highly requested. Probably, and probably soups expensive. Yeah, well, Save by the pennies. time it, came, it comes available, let's go ahead and put our name on the list. Maybe we'll be able to pay for it by then. <laughs> it's going to be like $4,000 a night. <laughs> oh, my God. And then inflation. Fuck. Yeah, we're never going to Banff. Don't say that. Don't give up on our dreams. Are you playing the lottery? Yeah. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not playing the lottery, but I keep hoping it's going to happen. I know. I've got plans for my winnings. Mm-hmm. But I just don't buy a ticket. Never once bought a Powerball ticket. No. Mm-mm. I have, but nothing happened, so. Mm. Eh. It is what it is. All right. Well, that's all we got today. That's that's our fun for today. Yeah. <laughs> okay um, we're gonna go because we don't remember how to do this so i'm just gonna say bye bye 
Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.